Hi, I'm your host, Hayley Burns, and welcome to another episode of Birthing Beyond 35. This is the podcast for expectant and current mothers uh, who are in their late 30s, early 40s, and who are ready and are thinking about having a baby. Today's guest is Julie from Miami. Julie shares how her positive thoughts and conscious manifesting led her to look for love at 40 and then have her first baby at 41. It's a really great episode about being really clear about your expectations in life and what you want and how to turn those thoughts into reality. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Joining me now is Julie. Julie, thank you so much for joining me. I do believe it is 9 p.m. on your time zone in the East Coast. So thank you so much for giving me this time. I understand your baby is down. Um, Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do and and how you met your partner? Yes. Thank you so much, Taylor. I'm very excited to be um, on the show and to share my story. So a little bit about me. Um, I'm a first time mom. I'm now 42, but um, when I gave birth, I was 41. I also uh, conceived when I was 41. And um, before that, I was this um, sort of go-getter, um, career woman, uh, really focused on, um, you know, accomplishing things. Uh, I actually have a PhD in literature. I spent some time, um, teaching at the university level. I started a business and, um, I was always like, you know, doing, um, athletic things like running marathons or going to the gym, just like always on the go, always in this kind of hustle way of being. And, um, it, it became apparent when I was in my, mid thirties that, you know, I really want a family. I really want to have kids. Um, but it just didn't seem like any of my relationships were working out. And, um, I kept having birthdays <laughs> and getting, you know, older and older. I'm like, wow, this is, um, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like what, what, what's going on here. So before I met my husband, I was like, you know what, I, I really need to, you know, get serious about this. If I'm going to do it, it's going to be, now okay so let me sorry i've got to interrupt so when you're at the stage and you're saying that you know your birthdays are passing and you're really feeling i guess you know like the clock is ticking what kind of age are you at this point where you were really like i need to buckle down and i guess really proactively try and find someone yeah i was uh maybe 38 or 39 when um i started dating in earnest and really trying to find someone and, and actively going on dates and actively meeting people and um after some failed attempts in the late thirties, I then turned 40 and I was like, okay, <laughs> this, this really is like this number. I don't know. Oh, it's just, I know. Sort of yeah, magical. yeah. And I guess how, how did you feel like, <laughs> oh, I get it. Like that's what this is all about. It's just, you know, society's standards of where women should be at a certain age. And so many aren't because they're busy doing things. And um, how did you feel? Were you like, holy shit, maybe I'm going to be one of those women that just never has kids or like, were you, did you live in a, you know, a bit of a fear factor at all? I felt a little bit of, um, I don't know that it was fear necessarily. It was more this, um, I just felt like really down. I, I, I was really starting to think like this, this might be it and I'm going to have to accept it. And I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to, um, you know, go on knowing that I can't make this dream a reality that, that those were kind of the thoughts and they were really weighing me down. So it, it wasn't this sort of fear. It was really more um, like a little, it was very depressing. I felt, I felt depressed. Is this because you were like comparing yourself, I guess, to friends, people you knew. 
it wasn't so much comparison um, to other people. Most of my friends were um, either childless, childless or single. And I, I really wasn't focused on what they were doing. I just knew in my heart, I knew in my soul that I wanted a family. I wanted to find my person and I wanted a little person that was part me and part my partner that we could raise and just have more love in my life. That's that's what I wanted. How did you get to this this wonderful step of meeting the father of you now? Sorry, tell us about your baby, boy or girl. It's a little girl. Her name is Carmen. So how did you meet dad? I decided, um, I guess I was 40 and a half. I, I, I don't know if, if adults actually count in half years like little kids do, but I was 40 and a half and I was like, um, let me get online. Let me just see who's out there. Let me give it one more shot of this, um, online dating experience. And so I created a profile. I started swiping and trying to meet people. And then I came upon this one profile and I was like, okay, you know, this guy looks kind of handsome and he's got something cool written on his, you know, Mm -hmm. description. And let me just give it a shot. Let me, you know, reach out and um, start a conversation and, and see what happens. And we really hit it off in our messages back and forth. And then we decided to meet up, go on a a date. We had a lot of chemistry. We had a lot of things to talk about and it felt like a really promising connection. Mm -hmm. He asked me right there on the date, the first date, like, do you want kids? And I was like, Mm -hmm. yes, I do. And um, I I was really pleased that that was um, something that he he wanted to talk about from the first moment. You know, it, it seemed like a priority for him. It seemed like a dream of, of his. And he was actively trying to find someone that he could love and to um, bring life into the world with. And we continued to, to spend time together, got got to know each other. And um, we started having conversations like, you know, let's, let's make this happen. Let's um, put a life together. Let's see if we can conceive and, and try to make it happen. So it... It was it was a very romantic courtship, I guess would say. Uh, okay, so let's yeah, it's very romantic. What's the timeline here? How um, soon were you really talking about? Let's let's do this. Let's try and make a baby. How long had you been together? We had been together um, less than mm-hmm. half a year, so it was a few months. Which is fine because people at twenty five sit there and get pregnant very early if they're you know if they found the one. I get that. Yeah, yeah, and we were just we were already mm-hmm. in our forties, and so we we were like you know let's what are we what are we gonna wait around mm-hmm. for? You know, we're not 25 anymore and let's, let's go ahead and make it happen. So we actively worked on conceiving, I would say three official menstrual cycles. And third one, you nailed it. Yeah. On the third one, it, you know, I missed a period and I waited a little, you know, a few days, um, took a pregnancy test and sure enough, it Mm -hmm. was positive. That must be an amazing feeling that, uh, as you were, I guess, you know, growing up and as you were getting older, were you ever concerned that perhaps maybe your AMH levels were down? Had you ever tested your fertility or done any hormone testing? Before I met my husband, before I decided, let me just get back on online dating and see what I can do. I, I actually reached out to a fertility specialist or a fertility clinic. Um, just to see, like, I just wanted to see where I stood. Like, oh, here I am 40 years old. I've got this dream in my heart. I have it in my soul. And like, what, what, what are we dealing with here in terms of my body and my capabilities? And um, so I went through this whole round of testing, you know, I had to go in on, there's this one thing like, oh, on your second day of the period, go in and get your blood work done 
or at this point in your cycle, we're going to see if your fallopian tubes are open. And we're going to, you know, from there, we're going to do this other test and this, this other test. And I only did one blood work and we did see the fallopian tubes. And after that, I was like, okay, I think mm-hmm. I'm okay. You know, I'll, I'll just go for it. I'm not going to do any IVF mm-hmm. now. Maybe I can uh, meet somebody and maybe mm-hmm. this will work. So, but I did do some testing just to Good. see where and I you, stood. I guess, yeah, you felt confident, I guess, like, you know, it's worth a shot. So was there anything, I guess, leading up to this point you were doing nutritionally or being mindful of? Definitely. I was mindful of my nutritional intake and I worked really hard to make sure I was getting um, the right foods and, uh, you know, lots of micronutrients, um, a good balance of macronutrients. I wanted to make sure I was getting nourished. Um, I, I wasn't drinking during this period, I no alcohol mm-hmm. whatsoever. Um, and I was act- exercising a lot and doing lots of things like meditation, uh, yoga, and helping my body to be relaxed and limber and ready for conception. So, okay. So here you are, you've got this magical moment, you're fallen pregnant. Where is your mind at, at this point? Are you feeling incredible and very confident about your prospective journey? Is there any, a little bit of concern because of your age? How are you feeling mentally straight away? I was elated as soon as the pregnancy test showed positive. I thought, wow, what mm-hmm. a miracle and how fortunate we are. But then again, I was like, but but no, you know, I worked hard. I, I made sure I was very healthy and I found a person that was also healthy and mm. wanted to do this. Um, so I felt very excited. Um, but in terms of my age, I uh, didn't think that that would really affect the pregnancy or the outcome. I love that. Why, why do you think that was for you? I think it was just my how hard I had worked at being healthy all mm-hmm. of my life through my 20s, 30s, and then right there on the um, at the beginning of my 40s, I, I had just really worked hard. And I've always had the kind of mentality that... Um, you know, whatever the the narrative is about something, it doesn't have to be my mm-hmm. reality. So if the narrative is, well, mm-hmm. over 40, you're going to have this risk or this is not going to work out or whatever. I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to see to it if I can, I'm going to see to it that I have the best outcome that I can achieve. I'm, I'm not going to just lean into this narrative about risks and this is not going to yeah. work out. I'm going to make it work out. That's awesome. That's amazing. I think I was, um, I was pretty much the same kind of mentality a little bit where we, a little bit before we decided we were going to start trying, I did the same thing. I was like, no alcohol, started taking prenatal vitamins three months beforehand. Um, you know, cause a lot of people say like, yeah. start taking them beforehand. You don't, you know, don't just get pregnant and then just start taking them. Like get your body truly ready. Maybe that was whether I got lucky or whether that actually had an effect on conceiving. Um, and I think also what you touched on is probably, you know, your partner's health. Uh, it's there's so much weight on the woman and how the women take care of themselves. And, you know, it does take biologically, it takes two people. Maybe that also right. helped because your husband was obviously looking after himself too. Okay. So let's, let's, let's walk through this. So how was the first trimester for you? The first trimester, I did have some symptoms that were a little unpleasant. I mean, there was the, the, the nausea throughout the day. It wasn't just in the morning. It was just at these random times, random smells would set me off. <laughs> some of my favorite foods, all of a sudden I was like, I can't even think about this. 
So I, I think it was just kind of normal um, symptoms. I, I did find myself needing to take naps. And yet at the same time, I continued my workouts with a few mm-hmm. modifications to you know, minimize any discomfort or not do anything, you know, ridiculous or, you know, overextend mm-hmm. myself. And again, so you've got, had a really great first trimester. How was the second trimester for you? Second, tri- second trimester, I had um, a lot more energy. The nausea pretty much, you know, it went away by week 10 or week 11, something like that. And, um, at that point I was like, okay, well, I'm showing, I have to actually get some clothes that are appropriate now. I can't just be running around in these cutoff tops and other things that I wore, you know, when I had more of a waistline. Um, so it was more at that point, just kind of settling into, this is what my body looks like. Um, here's how I need to continue to work out and continue some modifications, um, you know, to stay strong and flexible without overextending myself. And, um, it it was then that I really started to do some research on the upcoming birth. So I started to get into the mindset in addition to taking care of myself physically. Genetic testing. Did you ever do that? Yes, we did do that. Um, everything came back normal. We found out it was a little girl and, um, you know, I, I was, I was just very pleased with that and just so excited. Um, you know, that, that things were, you know, things were moving along and they seemed to be going in a really positive, healthy direction. I know when I did that genetic testing, I think that was my biggest worry because I'm like a deep diver on the, you know, I'm like, obviously like my background was like reporting and researching. So I was like looking, I couldn't help, but look at like statistics and, you know, seeing, you know, the risks and obviously being older, you obviously there's a higher risk. And I remember just like, just the relief when those results came back. Um, did you ever have right. any mild concern or you just, again, you just, you just felt you're in a really good mindset and felt good. I felt good. I had a really good mindset about it. I wish I was um, like you. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I still had a little bit of like a, well, it is possible that something might show up that we're not prepared for that, or that we didn't, you know, necessarily want for the baby. And if that happens, well, we're still going to proceed. We're going to make the best of it, but I didn't have any sort of overwhelming worry. I wasn't, um, fixated on it during the day. I wasn't calling, you know, the doctor saying, okay, did you get the results? Did you get, you know, I wasn't doing anything like that. Amazing. Okay. So you're now, I guess what we're into your second, your third trimester, your, how, what is your, I guess, I won't, I don't want to say birth plan because it's such a terrible uh, term because it never goes to plan, but what were you kind of envisioning for yourself? I knew from the, from even before conceiving that I wanted a natural home birth. And so during the third trimester, that was when um, I really doubled down on my research and readings Um, into how it works physiologically. My husband and I took a birthing class. Um, I was reaching out to, I had online access to uh, doulas and midwives um, for uh, consultations. I I was in a, I was enrolled in the service through my husband's um, insurance. And so I was asking all these questions and doing everything I could to learn about birth and like, how does this work? And um, I had my heart set on that for a number of reasons. At the top of the list, I had read and researched that um, hospital births usually result in more interventions, more, just more and more interventions, one right after the other. Um, I had also watched a lot of natural births on 
YouTube and I saw these women who were just having babies the way that everybody did for thousands and you know thousands and thousands of years. Exactly. Um, and I also liked the idea of being in a very calm and safe setting with just my husband and our midwife or you know when I was thinking about this we didn't have a midwife at the time but it's like yeah I just want a midwife here and my husband and you know peaceful uh, serene ambiance and then the baby comes into the world and here we are all together and we don't have people buzzing mm. in and out with things that they say they mm-hmm. need to do yep, they got to check there I mean look I get it like it's all for safe it's all safe and they're doing it to be safe and it's you know it's a, it's a medical thing but I, I I understand that okay so this is what you wanted how did it go <laughs> okay so so I was in week 39 and I was kind of getting a little bit nervous um, at that point like am I going to go beyond 40 and then you know is my provider you know what my midwife what is she going to say is she going to um you know, still allow me to go mm-hmm. through with it beyond 40 weeks. There is a law in Florida that says that beyond 42 weeks, I, I wouldn't have been able to have a home birth with my midwife. I, at that point, I would have needed to go to a hospital. So I, I did start getting nervous. I didn't want to go beyond the, the deadlines. So I did get a little bit nervous. Um, but luckily that week, I went ahead and in the middle of the night, uh, well, actually it was around 4 a.m., mm-hmm. Um, I went ahead and just lost my mucus plug and I was Fine. like, oh, <laughs> I always wanted that. I never got that. <laughs> um, and then I started having some mm-hmm. contractions, very mild. I forget the intervals um, of how far apart they were that early on, but they, they definitely were contractions. And um, that sort of slow buildup continued through the morning. I, I wasn't able to get any rest um, from 4 a.m. onward. I was just mm-hmm. too excited. Just up and about were you, were you um, rolling on the Swiss ball? <laughs> no, I tried to stay in bed, you know, and let the mm-hmm. sun rise at yeah. least. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my husband and I were sort of tossing and turning, pretending to sleep, but we weren't yeah. because we were oh, excited. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then, you know, it kind of, it became apparent like, okay, let's start Mm -hmm. the day. (laughs) And so I was starting to record, uh, the intervals of the contractions at that point. And, um, but it, but it was still very slow going. I let my midwife know and she was like, all right, well, you know, keep me posted. We had an app where I was putting in the contractions and she was able to see it Mm -hmm. on her end. So, you know, she was informed the morning then turned to the afternoon, by which time I had watched a couple of Mm. movies. We had gone out and got breakfast. (laughs) Or were you like just walking around the Uh, corner to the cafe kind of thing? Yeah, it it was, it was just walking around the corner to the cafe really. Um, you know, and, and and I kind of wanted to do it, uh, just to kind of move around a little bit and, and keep my mind busy. Yeah. Relaxed. And and I guess preoccupied. Yeah. The midwife came over and kind of assessed, uh, early on just to see what was going on. And she was like, you know what, this is still, you're still just hanging Mm -hmm. out. I will. So when you're saying, when you're saying obviously assess, you haven't really dilated yet. No. And I, I can't remember if that first visit, if she even checked, I think she looked yeah, I think she looked at how I was acting and she was like, this woman is not an active <laughs> Yeah, I was like, when she came over the first time, I was very chipper and I was having a conversation and, you know, I would just kind of like pause and mm-hmm. breathe through a contraction, but it wasn't nearly intense you know, time yeah. for anybody to be okay. doing any checks. <laughs> um, so that continued and then it started to get more intense. Um, I wasn't um, as chipper, but I was still kind of participating in conversations and moving about, having snacks, going to the restroom. And then uh, 
the midwife came back and she was like, okay, things are more serious now, but you still have a ways to go. Just by the looks of you, you, you still have a ways mm-hmm. to go. I can't remember when she started seeing about the cervical dilation, to be honest. Um, a lot of those details um, kind of got lost uh, as the labor wore on. And I was really focused on my part, which is to stay relaxed and to breathe and move and things like that. I, I, I don't, I couldn't tell you what time it was. I could tell you, you know, you know I think it got dark um, well before it got mm-hmm. super serious. It's so funny because at the time it's so raw and I wish in time, I wish like those first days, I just wrote everything down in my, in my notes, just so I had it off. Like to try and recap, to try and recap it all. It's like, when was this? When was that again? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I am, I am actually trying to write it down, but I, um, I forget a lot of things. Um, okay. So then I'm in active labor. I have so are you still like within the first and- 12 hours now, or have you moved over into the next day overnight? It was night. I think, I think that 12 hours had passed. Um, so if it was at 4 AM and then, uh, got dark around 5 PM. Um, and that's when the midwife, I think came back over Mm -hmm. five or six beyond that, it started to get really serious. And I did have some, uh, cervical, um, exams and she was like, you know what, you're dilated, you know, four centimeters or six, things like that. She was like, okay, you still have a ways mm-hmm. to go, but you're making a little bit of progress. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of, you, could you, could you, I guess you couldn't around. really sleep because you were in a little bit of pain with the contractions. So what were you yeah. kind of like doing in this period of, you know, darkness and overnight? During the night I was um, trying to, so, so let's imagine the contractions as waves, like big mm-hmm. waves. I was trying not to get subsumed mm-hmm. and drowned. What was your pain? <laughs> let's say, okay, I what's your, trying. how big a wave were we talking here? Five out of 10, <laughs> so, you know, what, what's your pain threshold like at this point? I was getting to the mm-hmm. seven or eight and I thought that I had hit, you know, the, the mm-hmm. top. But did you feel, <laughs> did you feel like I get, because I think like the, the, because of you mentally, you're strong with your workouts. I feel like you would almost treat this like, okay, you know, we're going to do another set here and you just mentally get through it. And it's, you know, then that wave passes. Is that how you kind of were treating these contractions? Yes. Up until there, there definitely came a point, I suppose it was the transition mm-hmm. stage of labor where the pain was, it, it felt like it was mm-hmm. beyond me. Wow. Um, and I was exhausted because I hadn't slept and I probably had not had enough mm-hmm. snacks to sustain your energy. Yeah. To sustain my energy. I, I hadn't slept. I hadn't really rested. I had been really excited yeah. the whole day. And then your adrenaline's going and you've crashed. Yeah. It, it was just taking, taking a lot of energy to get through individual contractions. And I still had hours more. <laughs> to get through. So the whole experience was 25 hours and the last five Mm -hmm. hours of it, I was pushing. Where were you? So how was, what was your uh, setup? What was your guys' envision of where you would give birth? We were over the toilet. Like you, sorry, you talked me through through it all. All right. So I wanted to do it in Mm -hmm. the living room. I had read that pushing on one's back mm-hmm. was not really right that as well. Yep. So I, and so I had this idea of like, well, I'm just going to, you know, either squat or I'm going to be on my hands and knees, or maybe I'll be on my side or something like that. I'm just going to get in whatever position I feel like I'm, I need to be in at the moment. That was my idea. So I was in the living room. Uh, we also had a birth pool that I got into um, for a little bit um, until my midwife was like, you know what? I, I don't really think that this mm-hmm. is working. Maybe you should get on the bed and let's try some positions there. 
Um, so I was there for a little bit. I was also on the toilet for a little bit. I, there were, there were a number of places in the, yeah, a lot of locations, a lot of locations, a lot <laughs> Let's of try this room. different yeah. positions. <laughs> um, and ultimately, <laughs> um, I did have to do the majority of the pushing, the successful pushing. I did have to do it on my back. <laughs> Yeah. Holding yourself up, squatting. That's, you know, using a lot of your energy again, your muscles having to hold yourself up. You know, it's like isometric, yeah. basically just a lot of hard work. Okay. So talk us through that again. Let's talk to the point where you've got into active labor. Well, what I can remember is just a lot of um, pushing and being frustrated. And finally at some point, or l- let me go back. Uh, I remember wanting mm-hmm. to push and the midwife saying, I don't think you're dilated yeah. enough yet. Um, and you haven't, your, your waters have not broken. So you need to hold off. And I remember that feeling just really frustrating to have this sensation of wanting to bear down. And here's this surge coming and I just want to, I want to do something and it's probably not yeah. a good idea. Um, there did come a moment where I, I remember the water breaking and there was this sort of release. And at that point, the midwife, I, I don't remember how far I was dilated at that point, but she was like, okay, let's push. Let's just go ahead and push. And you're like, yes, I've manifested this for yeah. so long. It was five hours. Oh, wow. That. Okay. That's a yeah. lot. It was five hours of pushing wow. and um, just little tiny mm-hmm. movements on the part of the fetus. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I remember just using all of my strength, all of my might um, for each one. Um, there were a couple of moments when, um, in between contractions, I sort of stopped breathing. Like my body would just stop doing anything. And would that affect the baby's heart? The, uh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, the midwife and her assistant were like, okay, Julie, you need to breathe. And I was like, but yeah. I can't. And they were like, but you have to. And I was like, okay. I mean, like it's like the biggest thing they say when you're doing a workout class, you know, is keep, you know, keep breathing. Don't forget to breathe. When you're just so tense and you're just holding on to a moment and, and trying to do this and you just, you do not breathe. Yeah. And it's interesting because breathing is for the most part, um, unconscious, yeah. you just do it. And, um, but in, during those moments, I had to make myself do it. I had to force the air into my lungs and then I had to mm-hmm. force it back out and I had to do it again and do it again. And I, I didn't want to, but I, yeah. I had, had to. you done much research or thought about, you know, which kind of breathing techniques you wanted to do, or that's something you didn't really uh, kind of explore. I had looked into it and I had done a little bit of practicing um, using some YouTube videos and um, watching people do it. But I think when it really came time to, okay, now it's my turn. Now I'm in labor. I don't think I, I, I don't, I don't think I drew upon any mm-hmm. strategy. I think I was just trying to do yeah. what I was told. I just wanted to go like hurry up and get this fetus out and like, let's move to the next part of my life. So yeah. So tell us about that. Tell us about those, those final pushes. The final five minutes. Um, that's what I remember the least, I think out of all of this, because I was, I was so spent. So what I'm telling you is half a little bit of my scant memory and half of what my husband told me after the fact, because he remembers all of it. So there came a point when they were like, okay, we can see the head. You just got to keep going, keep going. You're doing it. You're doing it. Your baby's almost here. Um, so they could see the, they could see her crowning. And then, um, and then I pushed and my baby's head emerged and they were like, and then, and then the contraction stopped and I didn't push. And so I remember maybe the sensation of like, okay, there's like a little human mm-hmm. head. Did you do there. the mirror like, thing? Did you put the mirror down there so you could see? 
No, I I was not yeah, in a probably state of mind. Too overwhelming. Like, That's oh my god, this is real. Do. This is happening. Um, I do think I put my hand yeah. down to feel her. How did that feel? Bit. I don't remember. I, I I So when you say like you're just so out of it at this point, you're just beyond exhausted, just just overwhelmed almost. Just almost out of in and out of consciousness almost, subconsciousness. A little bit, yeah. I was just a I was just a lump of flesh that was doing this this primal thing. That's mm-hmm. that's what I was. I wasn't really myself, if no, that makes sense. It's, no, it's amazing. I think it's beautiful. It's amazing. So then another contraction came and I pushed through it. And um, then this little slippery <laughs> body sort of emerged. And um, then somehow this little body came to my chest and my arms were so, they were shaking, like I almost didn't have the strength to hold her. But I remember feeling relief and just like, Wow. Yeah, did you it. did it. Here she is. Like, I'd love to know what the uh, the percentages of women who want natural births at home and actually get to have them. Um, I can't imagine the statistic is very high. Yeah, I think um, I, I can't quote a statistic at the moment, but I want to say it's either three or five percent of it from what I remember, either three percent or either five percent. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible that you literally got your grand plan. Yeah. I mean, it, it took a lot of work and there were some moments where I was like, you know what, let's 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 everybody pack up and let's go to the <laughs> give hospital me the right drugs. <laughs> give me, let's just get yeah, let's get this baby up and we can have a nap. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so what was your uh, foot, what was your breastfeeding experience like? Oh, it was wonderful and it's it's still awesome. fun. It's amazing. How old is she now? She's nine months. Those first few days, um, it felt pretty instinctual, like uh, this tiny little human, tiny little mouth and bringing her to my breast. She seemed to know what to do. Um, I seemed to know what to do. And I, I remember um, offering her to be able to nurse in, you know, many, many different moments. I, I, I didn't have to like follow some sort of a schedule, you know, that, that the doctor prescribed like, okay, every two hours I was like, well, why don't I just do it when, you she, know, you I have an instinct yeah. and it just so happened. It was like, you know, very often, I think, you know, at least every hour, if not more, more often. Um, and, uh, it, it, I really, really enjoyed doing it. It, it, um, it, it felt like this, um, I, I don't know how to describe it. It just, it just felt like this, this miracle that I had always wanted. And I didn't really realize it until it came time to do it. I was like, this is what I, this is part of my destiny. That was, this is part of what I was meant for. That's so beautiful. Okay. I have to say like, <laughs> For any woman listening to this right now who's been in a similar situation like you, who, you know, we're 38, 39, they're bordering on 40 and thinking, you know, I need to, you know, I, I would love this to happen for me. What what advice or what, what would you say to them to kind of, you know, don't just think that it's not going to happen? My advice would be to really sit down and get very clear on your your goals. If, if you really want this, if, if this is part of your destiny, if, if this is what you want out of your life, get really clear on your goals and think about the actions that you're going to take to get closer to those goals. And for me, it was, I want to meet a person with whom I can see myself doing this with. That, that was a major step in the goals. If you already have your partner and you all are working on it, maybe part of the actions that you take are to clean up your diet, um, 
look into what kinds of nutrients will support fertility, what kinds of supplements, what kinds of lifestyle changes and, and make it happen. Take action every single day and get incrementally closer to having your body be ready. Also work on your mindset. Of course, we can't on a scientific level prove that mindset will affect your pregnancy outcomes or your conception um, success rates, but really thinking about yourself as a mother, even before you become one, um, visualizing the possibility that this can happen, really, really thinking about that will, um, you know, just, it, it will play its part in creating the conditions that enable motherhood and to enable conception and a healthy pregnancy and a successful birth. I believe that too. I believe in the power of manifestation. I know. I mean, I know it is hard for some people to, you know, you don't necessarily have to stare in the mirror and be like, I will be pregnant. I will be pregnant. You don't, you know, you don't have to go that far, but I think if you just truly just are aware of what you're putting in your body and, and just manifesting and just seeing that, I think it, you know, like you say, it does play into a part of the end result. Yes, absolutely. And just quickly, just before we let you go, tell me about your your Instagram, Eating With Babies. Eating With Babies is uh, a new venture. So I've always had a very um, keen interest in the role of nutrition in health in general, not just for um, motherhood or pregnancy. And um, I've always wanted to study it on a more formal basis. So I'm actually working on a certification in nutrition for mothers-to-be for new mothers and for babies. And I created this Instagram so I could go ahead and post some content related to my interest in nutrition um, and to support um, women, to support babies and um, all of us, all of us moms and babies uh, and families um, have uh, confidence when it comes to choosing nutritious food. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great account and yeah, that's, I think it's definitely one thing. It's like, you know, you spend all this time preparing for birth and then it's just like, okay, thank you. Bye. That's, you know, you, you leave the hospital, you, you know, you're on your own and, and that's it. And, uh, suddenly you just, because you're so exhausted, you literally are just like, where is any food that I can like, you know, start giving this baby, like solid foods, for example, it's just like, there's a banana, there's this, like, but nobody, not many people have the time to sit and research and know which are the best vitamins and which foods are having the best um, nutrients for their children. So it's a very helpful, uh, account that you have there for everyone. Sure. Do you have any interest in trying to give your daughter a sibling? 100%. I would absolutely love to conceive as soon as possible. Wow. Um, you're amazing. Are you actively going to start trying soon? Or do you have a bit of a window where like, Hey, uh, or are you letting your body repair? For example, a lot, of, a lot of people say, you know, give yourself a year and a half before you start trying. What do you, what, what are you thinking? Well, yeah, I would love to conceive as soon as possible. It's mm-hmm. um, to, to keep track of my, my cycles right now while I'm still breastfeeding mm, is yeah. a challenge because they're not mm-hmm. regular yet. Yeah. Um, my baby is starting solid. So she's increasingly taking in food and uh, nursing less and less, but she still mm-hmm. does nurse. And so the hormones are more in support of the breastfeeding at this point than they are of um, supporting regular cycles and ovulation. So, um, but the vessel is open. So I'm, <laughs> you know, ready and waiting and, um, you know, but still supporting my baby at this point. And, but I think, I think I'm healed. You know, I, I didn't have any, any real recovery after giving birth because it was, um, uh, successful in terms of no tearing, no, um, major complications or anything. So I'm, I'm, you know, back in business as far as I'm concerned, waiting for my periods to get back to normal. That's amazing. Thank you very much, Haley. It's been a pleasure to share my story and 
Uh, I really look forward to more stories on Birth and Beyond 35.